Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, July the 5th, 2022. It is currently 8.48 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Thank you so much for tuning in. And well, this is part three, and the story continues to develop because now, well, other news sites have picked up the story. Other Christian news sites have picked up the story. Let's see if I can put this all back together in some kind of time frame. Let me see. Can I find the original article? Yes. The original article was posted two days ago. The original article was posted two days ago, and the original article had this headline. Creflo Dollar repents of false teaching. Throw away every book, every tape I ever did on the subject of tithing. Now, I, I still think that the original headline did not contain a question mark. Maybe I missed it, but that was the original headline. Creflo Dollar repents of false teaching. Now, it has question mark. Throw, and then it has in quotes, throw away every book, every tape I ever did on the subject of tithing. And when I saw that, I was like, wait, Creflo Dollar is repenting of false teaching? Again, I I, I don't think the question mark was in the, the original headline. Maybe it was, and I just missed it, but it's definitely there now. But I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay, this news article gives me a little bit of information, and it contains about a one minute and 58 second clip from the sermon. And you know, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't care if it's good. I don't care if it's bad. If I... If I'm going to claim something is in a sermon or that a preacher says something, I want their entire sermon to be heard so that they can speak for themselves. Oh, I may interrupt and critique and analyze, but still the whole sermon is heard. So I was right in the middle trying to find the sermon. Someone emailed me and I said, well, they emailed me about a different sermon. I said, well, right now I'm trying to find this. And they emailed me back like in minutes and said, here you go, which I'm very grateful for, really helps the the whole process and, and sped everything up. And then I did everything I could to run right up here, hook everything up, said, let's go live. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, there's a report going on that Creflo Dollar has repented of some false teaching all right, let's let's see what's going on. And so we started reviewing the sermon. The sermon is, well, almost an hour and 30 minutes long. We've spent two, almost three hours reviewing the sermon so far, taking it apart, analyzing, offering critique. And there's been much to get frustrated about. But before we, we, we talk about kind of what we've discovered so far, here's kind of the new development. Today, let me see if I can find it. Today, at the ChristianPost.com, ChristianPost.com, they're now, they've now picked up the story. Here is how their headline reads. Televangelist Creflo Dollar says teaching on tithing not correct, but won't apologize to followers. Now, the Christian Post picks up what I think is a very important thing that we discovered in the sermon. It was kind of weird that he's like, hey, all of my past teaching on tithing was wrong, but I'm not going to apologize, which was, I found weird, and we talked about it and critiqued and analyzed that section of the sermon. But so, so the Christian Post, that's what they focused on. Let's, let's read a little bit of what they had to say. Again, this was posted today at thechristianpost.com. I don't know what time. I saw it just a few hours ago and thought, okay, 
I'm going to run upstairs and I'm going to add this to the discussion. And then we'll see if we can finish our review of the sermon tonight. I would really like to be done with all of this tonight. Then part one, part two, part three will be there. I've given you the updates from different news articles, and I think we can bring this to a conclusion. And then if anyone has any questions about this, well, they can listen to our coverage and decide, well, they took way too long. <laughs> Put it this way. Our coverage is not giving you sound bites. Our coverage is going to turn into about four and a half hours of discussion. So some people love that about what we do. Some people just summarize, just give me some, this is what people tell me a lot. I just want the short answer. And you know, I I obviously don't believe in the short answer because I I just wanted all the different things to be discussed. But let's get to this. We have a lot to do tonight. So here's what the Christian Post wrote, again, posted today. Challenging popular evangelical belief Controversial televangelist Creflo Dollar, one of America's most flamboyant proponents of the prosperity gospel, has renounced tithing and all his previous teaching on the subject as not correct. He also urged his followers to throw away every book, every tape, and every video I ever did on the subject of tithing, but says he will not apologize for his error. Okay, that's that's what I I picked up and I discussed it and we talked about. They continue. In a Sunday sermon build the great misunderstanding. The founder and senior pastor of the nearly 30,000 member World Changers Church International headquarters in College Park, Georgia, said he is aware that his declaration will cause him to lose friends and invitations to speak at other churches. However, he said he is convinced after studying Romans 6.14 that tithing is an Old Testament concept that has been retired in the dispensation of grace in which Christians should now be living. I want to start off by saying that I'm still growing and the teaching that I've shared in times past on the subject of tithing was not correct. Dollar began in his June 26th sermon. And today I stand in humility to correct some things I've taught for years and believed for years, but could never understand it clearly because I had not yet been confronted with the gospel of grace, which has made the difference. I won't apologize because it if it wasn't for me going down that route or that route, I wouldn't have ended up where I am now. He continued, but I will say that I have no shame at all saying to you, throw away every book, every tape, and every video I ever did on the subject of tithing unless it lines up with this. Now, they go on to do, they then basically get into a long discussion about tithing, okay, and all of the the issues about tithing. Now, the one good thing I do like what the Christian Post did here is at the bottom of the article, they actually embedded the sermon. It looks like they embedded the entire sermon, which I I really applaud that because so many times these articles will have like, you know, this pastor said this, and it'll be like either just a, a short clip Although just have a a statement, you know, in quotes within the article. And that's just to me not fair. When you preach for an hour, 45 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes and people put a one minute or two minute clip on social media so that everyone can just bash it, that's just so not right. Listen to the entire sermon and then correct it. And I'm going to, I'm going to restate this again. I don't care who the false teacher is. I don't care how much you disagree with their theology, how much you hate their doctrine. What you should care most about is that that preacher, that teacher is brought to a place where they can see their error, repent of that error, and move forward and begin to teach truth. And so many times on social media, it looks like it's just an op. Oh, oh, you've got a, 
you've got a a video clip or a you know audio clip from you know Stephen Furtick. Ooh, ooh, ooh! And now all on social media, we can sit there and bash it and bash it and bash it and bash it. And it's like nobody seems to say, "Well, could we stop and pray for the individual?" Now we should call out the false doctrine. We should condemn it. But don't we want the false teacher to actually come to to a correct understanding? Is that what we really, really want, or we just like to, you know, gossip, slander? condemn, judge, and then, I don't know, by pointing out their error, it makes us feel better about ourselves. I, I don't even, I don't know. There's a lot about that I do not like. But I do, I am glad they post the whole sermon so that everyone can listen to everything he said. Now, here is my take on this so far. And a part of my discussion here is based off one of our listeners who pointed this out, which I'm very grateful for because they, there is, there is some thinking that maybe what they what they pointed out may actually be correct. I keep I'm the one keep telling everyone, well let's let's be careful. Let's wait till we finish the whole sermon before we make a judgment because we want, you know, I I'm the one trying to be very careful. Uh, but here's here's my problem with the whole sermon. Or a couple of my problems so far for what we've heard and we're going to jump right back in and finish our review. But just in case you miss and just to kind of because if this is the if this is the final message on this subject, I want to make sure I've covered everything and make sure everyone kind of understands my perspective here so there's no misunderstanding. Here's my issue. First, the bad. My issues with some of the bad. First, I do not like the fact that his approach basically is, hey, I taught incorrectly in the past about money. And while I was teaching incorrect about money in the past, while I was getting Filthy rich, because according to at least one source, he's worth about $27 million. He has multiple homes worth millions of dollars, a $60 million to $68 million jet. There's some dispute over exactly how much it costs. He's living an extravagant lifestyle, and he did that as a result of, well, all of his teaching about giving greatly contributed to how much money was coming into the church, which greatly contributed to how much money he was making. And so he, he made lots of money from it. So he, he, he now believes he was wrong, but his attitude is, hey, well, I'm growing and I'm not going to apologize. And it doesn't seem like, man, what a, I, I've gotten rich off all of this. Maybe what should I do? Should I, should I sell one of my homes and give the money? Well, I mean, what, what should he do? I don't know what the correct thing to do, but it just seems very like, well, you know, sorry guys, <laughs> I was wrong. Another thing that makes me mad, he, he's, he, He's admitting he's wrong, but he doesn't seem to be very broken, upset about it, and really wants to do much about it other than just say, hey, I'm going to move on. Um, and I understand in some ways all you can do is move on, but it just seems there, there's money involved in this situation, which just makes it, I don't know. You can draw your own conclusion there. That bothers me. The second thing that bothers me is in the sermon that we've been reviewing, he one of the major points in his entire sermon, in fact, really kind of one of the major premises of how we're supposed to understand giving now is based not on something found in the Bible, but based on something that God woke him up at five o'clock in the morning and told him to write down. So one of his basic principles or, or his basic thesis in his sermon is not based off the Bible. It's based off some extra biblical revelation that God literally woke him up and told him to write down. So he's treating it like basically it's the word of God, like it's the Bible. I have major problems with that. Here's a third problem I have. When he was teaching all of his, 
you know, prosperity gospel and all of his different things about money and tithing and everything. In the past, he was claiming God was talk, talking to him then. So if God was talking to him then, why didn't God correct it? So was God talking to him then when he was giving all of his false teaching? Or is God talking to him now, giving him correct teaching? I, I don't really know. Now, my view is God's not talking to him. God's not talking to anyone other than through his his word right here, the Bible. There's no more revelation. All revelation has ceased, okay? I'm I'm just... Once once you start having God can talk to you outside of the Bible, it leads to just spiritual anarchy and chaos, as we see right here. Because before when he was preaching, God was speaking to him. God told him this. God told him this. God told him this. And clearly, God never bothered to correct his false teaching. All of a sudden, now he realizes he was teaching false, but he's still claiming God is speaking to him. And it just, there's a major problem there. Now, those are some bad things I have in the sermon. The good, well, okay, wait, one more bad thing. One more bad thing. I, I take that back. It the, the thinking is, or at least by one of our listeners who pointed this out, and I think I'm starting to see this, it seems that he has replaced a legalistic Old Testament tithing principle about giving to a, he's replaced it with something that seems much more friendly, much more grace-oriented, but it's still basically just another way of making money because when God woke him up, this is what he told him. I wrote it down, okay? I did not write it in my Bible because I don't believe it's from God, but that's okay, all right? Here, this is what he supposedly God told him. Your giving is a declaration of your dependence on God to take care of you. So according to Creflo Dollar, here's the new principle. Hey, you got $50? Well, if you want to declare your dependence on God to take care of you, well, you're going to give away that $50, well, I guess to Creflo Dollar or to a ministry. And so if God, if you really believe God is going to take care of you, you'll give me money or you'll give a ministry money. Now, the problem with this whole logic is, well, wait a minute. If they give you money to, to, to prove their trust that God will take care of them, why don't you prove your trust that God will take care of you by saying, I'm not going to take any money and I'm going to give away the money that I have received and I'm going to trust God. It just seems weird that this kind of is, is a one-way street, right? The individuals out there have to prove their, their, their faith in God to take care of them by giving, well, ministers and churches money. It just seems really backwards. And so I, I, so it feels to me that is this, is this really just a repackaging or kind of the, some of that teaching about money that was so dominant, is it now just being repackaged and represented in a more friendly grace-based way? But it's really, in some cases, the very same thing, just different. Maybe it's something that we need to see how this begins to spread throughout Christianity. Creflo Dollar is extremely influential. If he starts changing his view, does it start springing up and, and happening in other churches? Does it become kind of a new movement? I'm not saying it will, something we have to pay attention to. So there's some of the things that bothers me about the sermon. Here's some things that I love about the sermon. He very much, very much goes after and condemns a law-based philosophy, uh, a, 
a trying to establish your own righteousness through your own works philosophy, and he really focuses and promotes the gospel of grace, which I really much appreciate. And there's a lot of good things he says in regards to grace versus law, grace versus legalistic approach, and I, and I very much appreciate that. I pray that he would continue to pursue that line of reasoning, and God will bring him to a greater understanding of, of the gospel of grace, and in may, and hopefully purge out some of this charismatic theology, and maybe, I mean, we want to continue to pray that he moves in the right direction, because there's still, for any good in this sermon, it's so tainted by the bad, all right? So there's just a quick kind of catching you up of everything that's been going on. There's far more I could say, but we're just going to jump right in. Are you ready? We're at the almost at the 40-minute mark of the sermon. We got 40 minutes to go. That's a lot of work, all right? So I don't know how much time you have this evening, but if you want to buckle in, I want you want to start analyzing, thinking, Feel free to jump into the live chat at any time if you're listening to us via the Spreaker app. If you're listening to us on other platforms, you can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. And I will do my very best to try to check it. Maybe throughout our my review, I'll try to check and see if any other comments are coming in. I don't know if I'll get to them, but I'll do my very best, all right? The goal is to try to finish this tonight, all right? I want to I want to just wrap this mini-series up. And this and these messages are going to go into our series. These messages are going to be a part of our series that we call Eye on Christianity. And all of those messages is basically where we take some time to turn our eye or attention to what's going on in the world of Christianity. Now, a lot of times my perspective going on in the world of Christianity, not everyone agrees with. I just got an email just a little while ago of, of some people saying, hey, I've got some issues with some of the things you're saying. So I'm going to try to respond to that email tomorrow because I think they give me like six or seven points. I do appreciate them taking the time to email me though. So I already emailed them back and said, hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. And I'll get to that tomorrow. So I know my approach isn't always what everyone else thinks, but at least the series is there. It's called Eye on Christianity. It's easy to find on the Church One app. And that's whenever I'm talking about what's going on in the world of Christianity. And so it, it's not going to be probably what you think, but okay. All right. And the person who uh, came up with kind of the, the idea that possibly all Creflo Dollar is doing is repackaging kind of his same view just in a different way is currently listening. So we're going to find out if, uh, well, we'll find out uh, what other insights they may have for us so that we can see exactly what's going on because I think I would have missed it. And uh, other people have, have said the same thing, that the person who pointed that out really did a, a good job. So we'll see if uh, if we if, – well, we're going to just see what we discover here. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to end up because remember, my reviews, I don't listen to them prior to. I stop when, – when the program stops, I stop. And so we're just going to jump in. We're at the 40-minute mark. Here we go. The crowd has been yelling and cheering because he really – kind of went after the idea that we're under grace, and which was some some really good preaching on that. Let's see now if he can maintain a kind of a, I don't know, I just, I don't know where this is going. I'm a little concerned that we've got 40 minutes left. It's either going to end, whoa, that was, that was surprisingly good, or it's going to, I think, it, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be anything in the middle. This is either going to end, well, that was refreshing, or this is going to end with me going, man, I need a drink, and I need a strong one right now. Okay, I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, here we go. 
much is enough? <laughs> I found an excellent illustration. I think it would help you. It, it's... Oh, okay. Now, uh, other messages, or at least one other message has shown up. We do have someone else also listening. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Obviously, hopefully they place their uh, their thoughts in the chat as well. I opened up my uh, iPad, so now I can see all the comments. So if you post a comment now, I can actually see it on the laptop. It does this weird thing. Like, it, it'll show me no comments, and then when I end the broadcast, I'm like, wait, what What happened? Or it'll show me what, like there on the computer, it only shows one person listening. Um, but on the iPad, well, someone else has, has posted a comment. So it's really weird how that works. So now I can see everyone. So everyone currently listening, thank you. All right. He's, uh, how much is enough? I think is what he just said. And I think he's got an illustration. Here we go. It's a little, I'll give it to you and you decide what you want to do with it. Okay. You ready? If 10% is the standard. Then consider what happens to, give me a name, uh, uh, Johnny Blue. If 10% is the standard, then consider what happens to Johnny Blue, a new believer. You just met him at Bible study on Wednesday night for the first time. Johnny Blue earns $806 per month take home. It's about uh, $9,672 per year, probably below the poverty line in America. Uh, to tithe, he would have to give $80 each month, leaving him 726 to live on. And rent for his modest apartment was $500 per month. His teenage son lived with him. Uh-oh. And he took care of another son on the weekend. What we call him? Johnny Blue? Johnny Blue heard his pastor teaching on tithing. And on the next Wednesday, he asked Sister Ann, should he give 10%? And she said very skeptically, I couldn't. He, he said, I, could, I couldn't make it if I did that. Now, would you, have, would you advise Johnny Blue to tie? Yeah, based on what we've all been taught, you would. Because you were taught that that was the magic pill. And real magic pill was just, I'm depending on God. And I'm going to give what God tell me to give. Because if he had a problem with the tenth, what was that, what was that widow woman going to do? She didn't have no 10%. She just had a, a widow's might. And Jesus said she gave more than everybody in the place. Okay. And so you got another dude who lived across town. He earned $250,000 a year. Like Adam, he was, he was a growing believer who wanted to honor Christ. If he gave 10%, that would leave him with $225,000 for living expenses. Now, is my $250,000 friend off the hook if he tithes? Most of us would say, yeah. He, he should do more because, I mean, check him out. He makes $250,000. Look at what he's giving. <laughs> well, that's what makes it so perfect. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. And here's, a, here's another thing I thought about. 
10% belongs to God and the rest is yours. God better not even think about asking me for no more. I done gave you your horse, now leave mine alone. Man, it's hard. Mm, Okay, I try to be honest and try to be real. I have a hard time listening to a pastor who's worth $27 million, who has multiple million-dollar homes, Talk about someone living under the poverty line, barely making it. I'm like, what, what, what do you know about that? Now, maybe, maybe in the past he understood that, but okay. Now, but, I, but I, I'm just, I'm just, hey, I'm just being honest. That's the thought that came in my mind. I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying that, I'm just being honest with you, okay? I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to pretend that I'm all godly. My part of me is like, what do you know about poverty? Give me a break. You have 27, you're worth around $27 million. I mean, okay, so. But I set that aside, all right? That's probably the wrong way to think. That's probably a fleshly way to think. Now, on one hand, I do appreciate this. That that to tithe places people under grave bondage. I think it's put people in very difficult situations where they feel like, okay, I've got to give even when it causes them major financial problems in their life, hurts with paying bills, hurts their family, may cause, cause major issues in their marriage, Financial issues can be a major point of great stress and and difficulty and fighting. I mean, uh, financial situations can just cause a lot of problems in, in people's lives. So I understand that the tithe and that kind of teaching does place people under some kind of bondage. And I, I do agree that the New Testament doesn't seem to go with that, that direction. And that definitely was more for the Old Testament. I, I can agree with that. And I do like the fact that he's trying to remove people from that area of bondage. Now, at the same time, I do understand what he's saying here. I do understand what he's saying here, that the tithe does kind of create a situation where you're like, okay, God, I gave you your part. Now the rest belongs to me. It does kind of create that. Now, remember, just just because someone abuses an idea, the abuse of an idea does not prove that the idea is false. An idea can be true and people abuse the idea. The grace of God is true. There are people who abuse the grace of God. That doesn't mean we have to change the grace of God or try to come up with some kind of, you know, legalistic protection so that we can protect the grace of God. So something can be true and people can abuse it. We condemn the abuse of it. We don't condemn the true doctrine. So, but I do agree that there can be an idea here that, hey, the rest belongs to me. Now, I call me skeptical, but it's getting... It's, uh, call me skeptical, but if you're, if you're going to reject this system and you, and I'm not saying, I, I don't think he's completely rejected the prosperity gospel. It doesn't appear that he's thrown that out. I don't know if it's still there. Maybe it is, but just think of this from a very, again, this is cynical, very skeptical, but just think about this from a very pragmatic approach. If Johnny Blue can basically only give, even if he was to tithe, only, what, $80 a week or whatever he said it was, that's a relatively small amount, right? But if you've got someone who's making $250,000 a year, you don't want them just giving, if you can convince them that they should be giving far more than 10%, what's going to benefit your ministry more? Convincing the guy making $80 or can only... um, 
Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. It's a game. All right. He, I think, I think you're right. Okay. I, I think you're right. I think this is a game. All right. I think, I think so. I think that someone is saying in the chat, I think this game, and that's where I'm kind of going with this. It, it feels like to me, what he's saying is, look, look, okay. These people who can only tithe 10% who barely make any money. Okay. All right. You go ahead and ask God supposedly what you're supposed to give. Again, this this is all based on the idea that God's get, is still continuing to give revelation. So there's already a problem right there. But you ask God for what you're supposed to give. But what I really want to focus on is not the guy who can barely give anything. I want that guy give, making 250000 a year. Because if I can convince that guy giving 250000 a year, look, you need to show your dependence on God. And if you're going to show your dependence on God to take care of you, you need to be giving far more than 10%. You should be giving 20 or 30% because you need to really show that you're trusting God. That poor guy over there, if he just gives, a, if he gives 5 or $10 or $15, he's showing that he trusts God. Now, I need the rich people to really show me that they trust God. It, it seems like he's just replacing the 10% with, Hey, hey, that we're not under that law, but this almost this other thing, he's not going to state it as a law. He's going to state it in a grace-based way, but the grace-based way quickly becomes <laughs> you're not proving that you're trusting God. You need to give more. Is that where this is headed? I know, I know I'm I'm I know I'm being very cynical. I know I'm being very skeptical. I could be wrong. Okay, look. 36 minutes to go. I could be wrong here. So let me make it very clear. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud of some skepticism here. All right. That I'm like, mm, where are you going with this? Where are you going? Cause he seemed to, he, he's quick to let Johnny Blue off the hook, but I think he focuses on whatever his name was, who makes 250,000 a year. That seems to be where he really wants to target. Uh, let, let's see where this ends up. Many Christians are content to tithe, thinking that they're obeying the Bible, 10% for the Lord and 90% for me. So how much is enough? If the New Testament is silent on tithing, does it offer some other guidelines? I think so. Look at Luke chapter 21. Okay, no, no, this, oh, this is subtle. How much is enough? See, in tithing, you get 90%, and it's almost implying that's too much. Is 90% too much for you to have? Is that the right attitude? It's almost like 10% is not enough. It's like, they, that was legalism. We don't want that because in the New Testament, I mean, come on, you don't want 90%. That's too much, right? Oh, where is this going? Where is this going? Where is this going? Okay. I'm trying, I'm, man, I, hmm. Okay. I got, I got, I got to give him the benefit of the doubt. I got to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's not going, that this is just not replacing one with something almost more burdensome and more convicting and more guilt-ridden. Okay. I've, I've got to, I've got to believe that that's not where he's going. I'm going, I'm going to try my best to give him the benefit of the doubt. The, I guess the only what I guess the only good thing is, well, I'm a little skeptical here, right here, and I'm struggling. At least I'm going to hear him out, right? So at least I'm going to try to be fair in that way. Now, when it's done, I may not be so fair, and I hopefully I will. I, but I, I've got to maintain what I want him to do is come to a correct understanding. So, but at the same time, I can critique the teaching if I believe it's incorrect. Let's see where he's going to go here. 
Luke chapter 21, uh, verses 1 through 4. Let's, let's look at it in the NASB. Luke 21, verses 1 through 4. The familiar story of Jesus observing the rich men and a poor widow woman putting their gifts and treasure. And so Jesus said to the woman, he said, uh, said, said, said uh, Jesus said the widow woman put in more than all, even though she gave only two small copper coins. Now, why would he say he gave, she gave more than them all? Scripture says because she gave out of her poverty, she gave out of her living, whereas the rich gave out of their surplus. Jesus commended the widow woman because her giving affected her lifestyle. If we give only out of surplus, we've missed the point. You should be giving out of your living. You shouldn't be giving out of your savings. You ought to be giving out of that pot that you buy your. So, I mean, who cares that he repented of tithing? Who cares if he repented of that? He's now coming after going, you don't give out of your surplus. You go after your living. In other words, you got to feel it. It's got to impact you. You got to give so that it impacts you. Now, I understand. I do believe, I'm going to be dogmatic about this. I do believe giving was, I, I believe the concept of giving was given to us by God to be a spiritual discipline, to try to lead us to self-denial, dying to self, and no longer following self and placing others before ourselves. I do believe it's a spiritual discipline. I do believe that. And I believe it has great spiritual value. I do believe that. Dogmatically do I believe that. You can listen to our uh, series, 30 Scriptures in 30 Days. We talked about this in that episode. I do believe that. I'm convinced of that. But this... But at the, so who, I mean, okay, the tithe is, that was under the law. All right. So he, he's repenting and he wants a more grace-based system. And now he's saying, now look, don't be given out of your surplus. Don't be given out of your surplus. You be given, you start giving out of your living. It's got to impact you. It's got to, it's got to be not what you have left over, not what you have extra. No, it's got to go for, for your living. Well, how does that work? I, I have a bottle of water here, right? And let's see, whatever's in this bottle, that's my living, right? That's everything I need to live. A, electric bill, house payment, whatever, insurance, whatever. It, that's my living. So I'm supposed to give until it gets into what's left in this bottle. That's my living. Well, if then how? what am I supposed to live with? What am I supposed to live on? Now, of course, he's going to say, God will provide. God's going to take care of you. Well, then why? Then you don't need my money. God will take care of you. That, that seems where this is going. Right. Uh, it better affect your lifestyle. Um, uh, if you are a millionaire, you better be giving a lot. Right. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, that's what, yeah. Someone just said that in, in, in the chat. Where is this going? Where is this going? Okay, 35 minutes, 35 minutes. All right, I got to give him the opportunity to pull this apart. I got to give him the opportunity here. I got to give him the opportunity. But let, let's see where it goes. Groceries with, and it's out of your living. This is going to impact my living. 
I was preparing my offering this morning, and I had an amount, and I, and I thought to myself, this ain't doing, this ain't doing, I, it's not moving me. And I thought, if, my, if what I give doesn't move me, it probably ain't going to move God either. Watch this. Did you hear that? If it doesn't move me, it will not move God. He's going right back into the old concept. Hey, you give, you'll move God. And if you move God, well then what? I move God to do what? How does it, because it almost always goes this way. This is, this is, this, to me, the church has been playing this game for so long. If you give the right amount, you'll move God and then God will do what for you? What, what is he going to do? Make you rich, give you more money, heal you, give you a better house. What, what, how? So uh, that there's God and he's not moved until he sees the right dollar amount. He's like, oh, oh, look at that. Look Look at that, that man, $800 this week. All right, time to move every, okay, now time to move. I know you're like, that's a very crass way of describing it. What do you mean by that? That if I don't get, if it does, if my giving doesn't move me, it will not move God. God doesn't move until he sees a right dollar amount. <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. All right, but. He's got 34 minutes. I'm still going to give him the benefit of the doubt that I'm wrong here, that I'm judging too quickly. Let's see where this goes. So Jesus commended this widow woman because she gave out of her lifestyle. He said she gave out of her living. They gave out of their surplus. It didn't move them. It don't move a millionaire to come in church every Sunday and give $100. You can tell he didn't pray. He ain't asked God for no wisdom. Oh, so, so now, see, now please note, if a millionaire gives just $100, he didn't ask God. So now he's claiming, God, I know that God didn't tell you to give that amount. So wh- wait a minute. So Creflo Dollar knows there's a certain dollar amount th- that God tells someone to give. How do you know what God told them? How can you say God didn't tell them that? And why is he speaking of millionaires as if he's not one? You are one. So speak of yourself. Why are you speaking of millionaires? No, no. Like, like, you know, you know, those millionaires, you know, man. No, you're one. Place you in that category. But how can you tell someone... uh, Look, clearly you didn't ask God what to give. Clear. How can you say that to someone? So, so what's the point of claiming God speaks to everyone if you then can come along and say, well, God didn't tell you that. And the reason I know God didn't tell you that is because I know how much money you have in your bank account. And because based on the money you have in your bank account, God, so, oh, wait, could it be that God will, God won't, God will not tell you to give less than 10% or 20% or 30. So, so in a roundabout way, he threw out the tithe, but he just established there's an amount, right? If you're a millionaire, you can't give $100. God didn't tell you that. Oh, come on, Creflo. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Because I think we're getting ready to get the Creflo tithe. Then we're going to throw out the biblical tithe, and we're going to get the Creflo tithe. And the Creflo tithe is you give. Don't worry about the percent. You give until it moves you. In other words, until it affects your finances. 
And someone just said, uh, he, he already implied if the amount doesn't affect your lifestyle, that's not enough for God. He, he is, he is being consistent. Yes, he's being consistent. But I, what I'm trying to demonstrate is he's really just establishing another tithe. It's just not 10%. In other words, this is not the biblical tithe. It's now the Creflo tithe. And the Creflo tithe is forget 10% because in your case, it may be 30% when you fill it. It may be 40% when you fill it. It may be 50%. So he's just replacing one percentage with a different percentage, but that percentage, it can't be a hundred dollars if you're a millionaire. So, so in other words, it, you would have to try to start figuring it out. There is an amount that has to be that, and God, and, and you can't even claim that God told you to give that much because God would never tell you to give you that much because there has to be a certain percentage that you have to give. So he's really just replaced one with another. God's requiring is you go and say, Lord, what do you want me to give? And, and, and don't let poverty infect your hearing. Oh, hey, don't let poverty impact your hearing. Don't let poverty impact your hearing. Because you may be poor. God may tell you to give, you only make $800 a month, and God may tell you to give, tell you to give $700. So don't let your poverty, don't let your bills impact what you give. Don't let, don't, your, don't let your financial responsibilities get in the way. Don't, don't, oh man. See, this is, goes back to why I can't stand the whole doctrine that God speaks to us outside of the Bible. I hate this because he's, 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 he's giving them the presupposition that God may ask for you to give a whole, a whole lot more. I mean, this just, and again, who benefits from it? Well, the one who's already a multimillionaire, he's going to benefit from it. I don't know what God said, but I ain't got but five dollars, so that's what I'm gonna get here today. No, you, you, you got a thousand dollars. You was planning on going shopping with. Give, give five hundred out of your living. I, I don't. It, it, it happened. It's been happening to me for forty years. Every time I give the way God want me to give, it ain't a week that go by that He don't bring it right back to me in my face. But you ain't. See, there we go. There, there's never, there's 40 years when I give it, it comes right back to me. It comes right back to me. It comes right back to me. So in other words, you don't have to worry about it. You give, if, if you've all, if, if, if you've got thousand dollars, you're going to go shopping, you give $500 because that's all you have for shopping. You get, it'll come right back to you. It'll come right back to you. It'll come right back to you. What if it doesn't come right back to you? Oh, you're never there to pick up those pieces. No, you're never to pick up the pieces when someone now, they, they don't have the money to pay their bills. Oh, man. This, this is just, to me, this is such a fleshly scheme. So you just give. And look, if I give 500 out of 1,000 and it comes right back, why wouldn't you just give 1,000? Exactly. Someone just said, so he gives millions of dollars every month. Right. I mean, he's worth 27 million. Why don't he just give 27 million every month? And the 27 million will come right back. The 27 million will come right back. All right. So I, I, is that how it works? Now, in many cases, they say that you're going to get back even actually more. So it becomes a money-making scheme. Oh, man, man, man. Okay. Let's see. Oh, mm, all right. Let's go. You don't know that because it's a relationship thing. God, what do you want me to do? 
And what moves you? He's been too good to me. He's the possessor of heaven and earth. I ain't never going to have to worry about nothing because he's able to take care of me. So I'm going to express, I'm going to express my confidence in his ability to take care of me. Yeah, I'm going to get this. How you going to ever know if he's going to be able to take care of you? And what you going to do when everything else fails, when you're playing religious games? Do you know him for yourself, and do you believe he can take care of you? All right, get used to it now. Let him start taking care of you now. And how do you let God start taking care of you now? You give the money you need for living. Hey, come on. Now, see, th- th- you say, well, this is, not, this is not the Old Testament law. He's just creating a New Testament law. He's just creating another law that it appeared to be grace-based, but it's becoming just as legalistic. Hey, come on, prove that you, you prove that you trust God will take care of you. Come on, show, show me that you believe God is going to take care of you. And how do you do that? Well, you give everything you need and then you let God take care of you. Well, then Creflo Dollar, show me that you trust God. Come on, Creflo Dollar, show me that you trust God. I I, I live in Abilene, Texas, Moonlight, Moonlight Drive. Go ahead, send me $27 million. No, 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 I don't even want to do that. You keep $2 million. Send me $25 million right now. You show, no, actually, that wouldn't be fair because then you wouldn't be showing that you trust God. Give me all $27 million. $27 million. And please sell that $60 million jet. I don't need it. And send that money to me right here, Abilene, Texas, Moonlight Drive. Send it to me. Come on, Creflo. Do it. Show me. Show me that you trust God is going to take care of you. I want every dime sent to me right now. Every dime. Show me. Come on. You got to move God. You got to, you got to, you got to make sure you, it, it, it goes into your living. Well, if God, if you're, if, if you got to show that God's going to take care of you completely, well, you got 27 mil. Oh, wait, you need to sell all of your homes because I, I need all your homes sold. I need the jet. I need it all. I need every dime sent right here right here. And then you can show me, you can show me that you trust God to take care of you. I done took the T-word out of things. Some of y'all still scared. No, I depend on God. He. Yeah, you took the T-word out and you put the Creflo, you put the God tithe out that's established in the Old Testament and you've replaced it with the Creflo tithe. And the Creflo tithe is you give, you give out of the money that you're living on so that you feel it, that it moves you. And then, hey, but you, and, and you trust that God's going to take care of you. you but it's, isn't it weird that, well, wait, again, like I just said, and, and, and you think that I'm being facetious, but no, come on. If Creflo really believes it, send me $27 million. Send me $27 million. I mean, every dime, every dime that you have. I mean, come on. I, 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 this is a ministry, right? Right? This is a ministry. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to send it to me. You can send it to the church. You can send it to Victory Baptist Church in Ovalo, Texas. There you go. Then you, you can say, well, I gave it to a ministry. Or you can send it to Theology Central Ministry, which that money goes to Victory Baptist Church. So it's the same. So either way. I don't know what my church would do with $27 million, but go ahead, send it. I guess I could, I guess I could start getting a salary then, right? Okay. I could, I could start living like Creflo Dollar and then I could tell everyone, you need to give, you need to give. So it hurts, right? No, no, Creflo Dollar would be able to preach it then because you would actually be putting into practice what you seem to be claiming. Well, I guess poor people are so, he said, don't let your poverty, don't let your poverty 
you know, hurt your hearing. Don't let your, don't let your riches hurt your hearing. We'll take care of me. We start building this building. Over $20 million, we start building this building and had no idea where the money's come from. I went to the bank. I said, we need to get a loan. They laughed. You ain't getting no loan. She, in fact, she said, you ain't getting no loan. Ain't nobody going to give you the money. And God had already told me, don't go to the bank and borrow none. I went anyway. <laughs> Someone said, keep doing this podcast even after Creflo makes you rich. No, man, I get $27 million. I'm out. I'm gone. You're never going to see me again. I don't even know what I'm going to do. Who knows? Okay, I'm just, I don't know. I'm joking. I'm joking. I could, even if I had $27 million, I would just, I would just have, I would just have an Apple MacBook Pro to do, and I would have a better microphone, and then I would have a, I would, I would, I would hire someone come in here and decorate this as an actual studio. I would just do more live broadcasts, is what I would do. That's what I would do. I would just do more live broadcasts, just with better equipment, because I could never, I don't think I could ever stop this, no matter what. I would hope that I would never be able to stop. I think, I think I would, I don't think I can. I think that it's just, there's like a, it's just so built into me to to want to talk and and struggle through these concepts, but that is funny. But uh, no, uh, yeah. But okay, so he said twenty two million dollars for the building. What in the world? Okay, but uh, so they went to the bank, couldn't get a loan. Went to the bank, couldn't get a loan. All right. So I guess he's getting ready to demonstrate how God, you know, I, well, we'll get ready. I'll I'll just hear the story. We'll just hear the story. I couldn't see how. <laughs> and when she got up in my face, you know, back in the day, I think it was CNS Bank. That my time, you ain't nobody gonna give that money. I was like, oh, Collie Park gonna go. I bet, don't, 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 don't spit in my face now. You need to back up now. I'm, I'm saved, but I ain't that saved. <laughs> you know, I just got saved yesterday. <laughs> Man, she hurt my feelings. And God said, I told you, I'm going to do this. There's the whole God speaking again, God speaking. Well, if God was speaking, why would, and, and wait a minute, that was God speaking way back when they were trying to build the building. So he was still operating and preaching and teaching the tithe, which supposedly was wrong. So God could step in and say, hey, 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 I'm going to fix this. I'm going to take care of this. You don't need the bank. But God couldn't step in and go, hey, you're teaching wrong. And why would God bless you with money if you were teaching incorrect doctrine about money? <laughs> I, I don't know how any of this works anymore. I'm t- I can't, I, 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 the second I hear in a sermon, and God said to me, and God spoke to me, I'm sorry, it's it's just over at that point. I just, it's done. My brain's just like, I, I, I can't take, I'm, I'm so tired of hearing all this things God supposedly tells these people, and it's just, oh man, it, all right, let's continue. Let's see how he ends up with, what, $22 million to build the building. All right, here we go. I say, hi, right, God. All right, fine. I just got a question. Being facetious with God. We ain't got no money. How we gonna, how we, how, how we gonna get started? What we gonna do? How we gonna start? He said, get started. I said, we ain't got no money. <laughs> now watch God. He said, how much does it cost to dig a hole? 
Isn't it amazing the conversations they have with God? Isn't it just, isn't it just crazy? They just back and forth, just like a ca- casual conversation. You're joking, you're facetious. God is kind of joking back, just like every day. In the meantime, God wasn't going. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, there's some, there's some situations going on here. There's some situations going on. You're teaching incorrectly about tithing, right? Because I guarantee you, when it, I bet you it was through tithing that they ended up with the money. That helped them pay off the church building, right? So why wouldn't God say, "What now? One of the things we got to do here is you got to stop this false teaching on tithing." Uh, no, no. And again, God is sitting there giving you all this information about money. I don't know. There, there wasn't any other thing God could talk to you about that was happening in I don't know the United States of America. There's nothing. Else. Couldn't talk to you about I don't know. There's so many issues, right? He couldn't talk to you about I don't know what is the correct doctrine about baptism, the correct doctrine about the. I mean, no, he's he's all in talking to you, having a conversation about money, so you can build a gigantic building worth millions and millions of dollars. I, I, I don't get it. I don't. I have what I don't understand. See, this is the world of Christianity. I just like, I don't know what that is. I'm not a part of it. Never will be a part of it. I don't understand it. I'm, 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 you know what I'm getting? Someone listening right now, they know what I'm getting ready to say. I'm getting those vibes of when I had to go through experiencing God at my church in Nebraska. I'm getting that same, just getting frustrated because they're experiencing God book had all of these same kind of stories. Well, God this and this and God gave this and this and this. And it's just, oh, it was maddening. But okay, here we go. I've got to, I got to get that out of my mind or I'm going to have a seizure, right? Here we go. Uh, yes, yes, sir. So we dug a hole. We got started. We dug a hole. Didn't cost a dime. That hole was dug debt free. Ah! Sometimes God just wants you to get started. Sometimes he just wants you to crank the car up. Sometimes he just wants you to put it in drive. Hallelujah. I believe we got a picture of that. Brother Chris, you had your foot on a, on a shovel. And he didn't charge us for his foot. Then it started rolling in. And it kept coming. And we kept growing. And And it started rolling in. How did it roll in? Who was giving the money? Who, Who was giving the money? It just started rolling in. No, it didn't just start rolling in. People were giving money and they were giving money, I'm assuming, based off your teaching about tithing that now you're saying is wrong, but God was talking to you and God didn't correct supposedly the false teaching that brought in the money to help you build the building. I am a little confused here. Learning stuff. And we moved in here. Not to a building that was just prayed for but it was paid for. They raised millions of dollars to pay for the bill. Millions, possibly. I, I think he said 22 million. I, I would have to verify all of the numbers. Millions of dollars because the money started rolling in. It started rolling in because according to you, based off your false teaching, that you had v- videos and books promoting that you were selling. So money was coming in based off your false teaching, but God never bothered to correct your false teaching. Don't you understand how utterly ridiculous this all sounds? Why wouldn't God 
might have said, do not teach that teaching that you do about money because that is incorrect. But you trust this new teaching and this is how the money is going to come in. But no, God didn't bother to do that. But the money came flooding in. It came rolling in. Yeah, millions and millions and millions of dollars. That's got to be wonderful that it worked out that way. All right, let's continue. And all the way today, even with other churches and properties around the world, the ministry is totally debt-free. We owe nobody nothing. We didn't need to get no PPPH loan or whatever them things were. We didn't need to get none of that because we had already lifted our hands up before God. No, because you already taught the tithe and people were tithing 10% to your ministry. That's how you had the money. I thought this was an apolo- I thought this was a repenting of the false doctrine. This is a celebration that your false doctrine made you filthy rich and paid off your building. And this would seem to be an argument that the tithe works. <laughs> That's what this would appear to be that he would take care of us, the possessor of heaven and earth. And that's what God wants out of all of us. Let me take care of you. Pray about what you want me to do. And I tell you, we did like this with a woman right here. There were times we gave it all away. We didn't, we, if God didn't move, we were going to have to move. <laughs> there was times that the church gave away all of its money. Oh, so, so you, you're already familiar with giving away all your money. Okay. I, I, the offer is still here. I think it's probably time that y'all do it again. So send it on to Texas. Just come on, just send it down. I mean, since you've already done it before where you gave it all away, I think it would be a great time to give it. I mean, you're getting all of this notoriety and you're in the news now for for your repenting of your wrong teaching so come on so come on send me your money send me your money but the wisdom of god told me i didn't do it well you know how we do well if you did it for them you would do it for me not necessarily they had a revelation god told them to do it you heard the testimony about them doing it, and now you tried to do something that you heard testify, but you ain't got no revelation from God himself. Breakthrough doesn't come just from reading the Bible. Breakthrough comes from a word, when you get a word from God, not just... Whoa! Breakthrough doesn't come from reading the Bible. It comes when you get a revelation from God. This just entered into, whoa, man, alive. This just went so bad. This just went, this, I don't even care. I, I don't even care if he repents of everything he's ever taught about money. This is bad. I backed this up way far because I want to go right back into to what he just said here. Here we go. Let me take care of you. Pray about what you want me to do. And I tell you. We did like this with a woman right here. There were times 
we gave it all away. We didn't, we, if God didn't move, we were going to have to move. <laughs> but the wisdom of God told me. I didn't do it. Well, you know how we do. Well, if you did it for them, you would do it for me. Not necessarily. They had a revelation. God told them to do it. You heard the testimony about them doing it, and now you tried to do something that you heard testify, but you ain't got no revelation from God himself. Breakthrough doesn't come just from reading the Bible. Breakthrough comes from a word, when you get a word from God, not just a word of God, but a word from God. And when Okay, so it's not when you read the word of God, it's when you get a word from God. So now, hey, breakthrough. If you're really going to get a breakthrough in your Christian life, it, it's not the Bible. Put the Bible down. You got to get a word f- from God. This literally is the destruction of sola scriptura. This is the denial of the sufficiency and the authority of the Bible. This is a, this is an extra biblical, this is an, no, this is an extra revelation uh, apart from the Bible, fake form of Christianity. This is not Christian. Once Christianity departs from the actual word of God and says that you're going to get your breakthrough, not from the Bible, not from the word of God, but from a word, not, not the word of God, but a word directly from God, that ceases to be biblical Christianity because it's no longer based off scripture. It's based off an extra revelation, a revelation outside of scripture. This is, this is literally the denial of historical biblical Christianity. What that is, is a fraudulent Christianity. I don't care what he says about tithing. I don't care. I don't care if he even repents of it, the entire prosperity gospel. This is a false form of Christianity. This is not Christianity. I, 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 I would, I would say when I started, I was glad that he repented of supposedly his tithing, but all he's really done is just replaced it with something, his own form of tithing. And he's demonstrated that he's really out operating outside of biblical Christianity because he just told you that no, to get a breakthrough in your life, you don't need the word of God. You need a word from God, not a word from the Bible, but a word apart from the Bible. This is heresy. This is false teaching. This is apostasy. This is wrong. And I'm glad. It's just sad that the apostates sometimes have more money than, than, than decent churches. But who cares? That's just the way it is. But there, uh, we should just stop right there. But I'm going to try to find a stopping point. I don't think I'm going to finish reviewing this entire thing. Because, I mean, that, I mean, all of the talk about him repenting here is... It's just, it's just a smokescreen. I mean, this is so bad that it's, I mean, I, I was not prepared for that. Here, let's continue. God and wisdom shows you how to do something. Ain't no devil in hell gonna be able to stop. I think I just got a word from God. Creflo Dollar is a false teacher. I mean, is that how it works? Right? I, I don't have to get it from the Bible, right? Right? Is, is that how it works? Is, I can just, I get a word from God and I can just, that, I, I get a word from God and people should send me $500 a day. Is, is, that, is that how it works? I, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you just make up whatever you want and just claim it's from God. This is spiritual anarchy. It's spiritual chaos. And oh boy, I'm, I'm very frustrated with this. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 7, what did the Apostle Paul say? Paul exhorted Christ's followers to abound 
or increase in generosity. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, he says, he said, but just as you abound in everything, he said, you, you abound in faith, you abound in utterance, you abound in knowledge, and in all earnestness, and in the love we inspired with you. See that you abound in this gracious work of giving also. Increasing that giving also. <laughs> a, a, a quote by C.S. C.S. Lewis, he said this. He said, I'm afraid biblical charity is more than merely giving away that which we could afford to do without anyway. anyway. In other words, giving away your junk. People used to do that with church. Let's take the junk up to the church. We don't take no junk. When we give, when we stock our clothing area, those, some of those clothes still got tags on them. We look at your raggedy junk, it's reject. We can't take this. You want to bring your raggedy furniture? We can't take that. Well, y'all the church, y'all are supposed to want everything. No, we represent the kingdom. We operate in a spirit of excellence. We're not just going to take your junk. You, you go throw your junk away. Don't give it to us to throw it away because we certainly going to throw it away. I wish they would apply that principle to what's being preached at the pulpit. Now, right along here now, some of y'all feeling, well, I don't want to hear this prosperity gospel. You better get your thinking right. This is more than prosperity gospel. This is a declaration of dependence upon God to take care of you. Because I promise you, there's coming a time real soon where you're going to need somebody like God to take care of you because ain't nobody else going to be around to take care of you. And I'm just trying to show you how to get taken care of. And I'm trying to show you how to get your bag when you need it by trusting God and not trusting systems and men that's going to let you down. Hey, don't trust men. Just trust a man who supposedly was woken up at five o'clock in the morning to give a principle that now you have to follow because it sounds like he's trying to teach you how to make sure God's going to take care of you. And it sounds like God's not going to take care of you unless you follow Creflo Dollar's new tithing teaching, right? And now the new tithing teaching is you've got to give to such a point that it begins to hurt your ability to live so that you can demonstrate that you're trusting God to care for you. That's the new tithe. The tithe is not 10%. It You have to look at your income and look how much you have to give so it gets down below your surplus. It gets into your actual living expenses. And once it gets there, that's how much you give. That means this would be far more than probably 10% for most people. I think most people, it would go beyond 10%. Well, guess what? Um, th- then he he just basically increased the tithe to 20% or 25% or 30%. He's just not going to use it a tithe and not say that it's under the law. But clearly, he just implied that if you don't follow this, then I'm, just sh- I'm showing you how you can get your bag. I'm showing you how you can be taken care of when no one is there to take care of you. It's seemingly to imply that I've got to follow this system. And he says, don't listen to men while I'm listening to you. Give me a made-up principle that supposedly God gave you at 5 o'clock in the morning, which I know is not true because God didn't speak to you because God doesn't give revelation. But according to you, hey, what we really need is not the Word of God. It's a, well, a word outside of the Bible. And this, this is just so, so heretical. How is it that God healed you, God delivered you, God saved you, but then he ain't got nothing to do with you where physical, natural things are concerned? He wants to meet those needs as well. Something must be crackerjacking your head that you think God just want to sit back and let you be homeless and suffer. And No! 
He's not that kind of God. Where you just preaching it for your own benefit. Listen, I'm not going to apologize for being blessed, but believe me, I'm blessed. I keep trying to give it away, and it keep coming back. I keep trying to get rid of it, and it keep coming back. I don't know what else to do. I done tried to act poor, but it just won't do right. Okay, man. Well, let me, I am here to help you. I am so sorry that it's been so hard for you to figure out how to give it away because it keeps coming back and you can't, you can't even try to be poor. It just won't happen. You just can't be poor. Creflo, man, I, I, praise God that I have the solution for you. I, 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 all you gotta do. I mean, if you need me to, I will drive to Georgia. I think it's Georgia. I think you're in Georgia. I'll, I'll look up the state. I'll drive there in my 200,000 mile plus Toyota Corolla. I'll drive there and I, and I will take all the money. I'll just, I will go to the bank and you can withdraw it all. And I will just, uh, first thing I'll probably do is go get a new car. I'll get a new car and then I'll drive back to Texas and bring it all with me. I'll bring it all with me. And then, and then at least for a couple of minutes, you'll be poor. You won't have anything. Oh, while you're at it, I'll just, we'll swing by your mansions and you can just give me the keys and the title and you could just leave. Okay. You, and you, you can just walk on downtown to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and you can go sleep under an underpass and you'll know what it's like to be poor. I mean, it probably will only be about five or 10 minutes because boom, it's going to come right back to you because you can't even be poor no matter how much you give away. I'm here to help you. I am really here to help you. Right. I mean, what, what, I mean, what could I, why would I not be willing to be a blessing to you, right? So that you can give it away. Contact me. Come on, Creflo, contact me. I'm, I'm begging you. I want to help you. In fact, we'll swing by your church. You can give me all the money from the church. I'll take everything. There'll be nothing. I'll walk, I'll leave uh, Georgia with what? 50 million, a hundred million dollars, 200. Who knows? I'm, I may leave with around 200 million dollars and all of you can be like, wow, that guy from Texas, he really helped us. Now we, now we can really see God take care of us. And guess what? You'll be blessing me. And, uh, and I will thank God for how you've taken care of me. I think it's a win-win for everybody. I think it's a win-win for everybody. I think it's a win-win. remember when I was, I was given, <laughs> I, I gave some jewelry away and, and it, it wouldn't stop coming back. I had jewelry coming from all over the country. I'm like, my God, what are we going to, they bought big boxes of jewelry and I just shared it with my staff, but now I'm giving it away again and it kept coming again. And I'm like, how we stop this? <laughs> that what people get married. I said, you bought your ring yet? <laughs> Got something for you. I want to give because I'm motivated by a God who, who won't stop giving to me. He, he gives me healing. He gives me peace. He gives me love. He wakes me up in the morning. He gives me the money to pay my bills. He, he just won't stop. He won't leave me alone. He keep running me over with his blessings. He keep me... Yeah, he gives you money to pay your bills, and that money just happens to come from other people who are poor. 
comes from other people who are barely making it. Coming other people just trying to make the living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, that's how God is supposedly paying your bills. And you supposedly are giving it all the way. And it just keeps coming back because God keeps taking from people who have far less than you. Isn't that interesting how it works? He keeps taking from people who have less than you do so that you can continue to give more and more and more. And And you continually supposedly can give it away, but you can't figure out how to do it. We can put that to the test. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm open for just every cent of your money. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. Come, come on. Send it. I ain't trying to. I gave 150 cars away. And the church gave me an appreciation service. I don't know how many years ago. How many years ago? 20-something, 30 years ago? 151, 100, oh, oh, I don't even know how many cars we gave. We, we bought so many cars for people. And he told me to come to the stage, and there was a Rolls Royce came out there, and I fell out. And then I thought, oh, Lord. <laughs> These colored people are going to think I stole money. <laughs> These colored people are going to think I stole money and bought a Rolls Royce. And half the colors are in the room. Y'all see, y'all giving it to me. I kid you not. A week later, my sons came together. We had the gathering of our sons come together. And they said, Dad, we got a surprise. What is it? Walked outside, it was another Rolls Royce. I, said, I, I told Tepper, I said, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to do. I could not even receive from God because I was so in abundance to people. I was so scared. The people there. And, so, and so I gave the first row, I gave it away. Because I, I, was on, on, I was doing interviews, I think I was on 2020, and they said, so you have a Rolls Royce? And I said, yes, but I'm giving it and selling it and giving the money to the children's ministry. And I thought that was satisfied. And guess who talked to me immediately after the interview? God. He said, I gave that to you because I wanted to bless you. And you let people bondage cause you to give away what I blessed you with? I felt so bad. I called my son. I said, listen, go find that Rolls Royce. He said, how? I said, go find it. I don't care what you got to do. Go around the nation and every state you got to, but you find that Rolls Royce. That was God's love that he was trying to show on me, and I let people bundles talk me out, and that was the year I got free from people, free from colored folks, free from church folks. I got free from white folks. I got free from everybody, praise God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! My God wants to bless you. I'm sorry you don't want to receive it. I apologize that you hate the prosperity gospel, but that's still not going to stop his, his, his abounding, his abounding provision. He's going to keep increasing his provision on you. He's going to keep blessing you. He's going to keep turning things around for you. He's going to keep increasing you. He's going to keep healing you because he's Jehovah Jireh. He can't help it. He's going to do it anyway. I dare you to give him a shout. Give him a shout in here, somebody. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! How? What? Why? 
Why all the applause? Why are people loving that? Nothing changed other than him saying that the tithe is, is now mandatory. He's removed the tithe and just opened it up now, but he's still making something mandatory. It's now you've got to give to a percentage that goes into your living, not your your uh, uh, surplus. And then if you do that, then, well, you're going to be blessed and God's going to do all of these wonderful things for you. And and he's going to provide and provide. I mean, and everyone's cheering and loving it, realizing, not realizing they're the ones who are being ripped off. They're the ones who've been fleeced. They're being fleeced by the shepherd. The, the, sheep, the sheep are being fleeced. They're being ripped off. He's getting rich. They're struggling to make ends meet. I bet you a good portion of that church, they may be some very rich people in that church, I would assume, obviously, but I bet you there's a large number of people who listen to his ministry and support his ministry who are just making it paycheck to paycheck. And he talks about giving it away, giving it away. I, 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 maybe he does. I'm not going to say he doesn't, I'm just saying that there's a way to, there's a way to give there's a way to give so that it'll be obvious to everyone. You give away everything, every cent. There's not a thing left because he's so convinced that it comes right back. He just no matter how hard he tries, you can give it all away in 15 minutes. You can just give away every asset, every dollar, every dime. You can do it in minutes. And then, and then we can, you can bring in a crew, a documentary crew. Let's bring in CNN, Fox, MSNBC, BBC, Sky News. We bring in everybody, right? Hey, I'll bring the Theology Central microphone and we'll, and we'll do live broadcast and I'll sit with you underneath that underpass in, in Georgia and I'll just sit there with you going, man, Creflo, you used to be rich, man. You're, you don't have a dime, man. Are you hungry? Okay, I, I can run over to the convenience store and get you some Doritos and a, a Dr. Pepper. I mean, I, I'll at least help you out, but we'll sit right here. It's like, what are you doing here? Well, I'm, I'm waiting to see how, how quickly it comes back. I'm trying to wait to see how quickly it comes back. And you say, well, that's, that's so sarcastic. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. He's the one making the claim. And everyone else is cheering and yelling, thinking, okay, all right, here's the way I can be rich. Because they hear all of his stories. They know his money. They know all of this. Well, and he's like, I'm not going to make any apology for it. And you know, you can hate the, the prosperity gospel. It's the prosperity gospel. All he's kind of done is make it a little bit, try to make it a little bit more grace-based. By, by throwing out the Old Testament tithe, but he's just giving you basically a New Testament tithe that there is an amount. He just won't state what the percentage is, but the percentage now is based on you looking at your money going, okay, where does my, where, when, when do I get past the surplus and where now is it down into my living? And then people continue to send him money and send him money. Nothing has changed. I don't know why all the articles are saying that he repented. He didn't repent of anything. He didn't even apologize. He said he didn't apologize. He just he just said, hey, I was wrong about the tithe, but thank you for all that money you gave me in tithing because, well, we got rich. And uh, now here's the new way to do it. And I'm still going to get rich. And you're still going to be hurt. I, I'm just going to stop there because we're well over an hour and I'm not going to do the next part. The sermon is available online. It is a called uh, a, a The Great Misunderstanding. Um and uh, you can find it if you can't if you can't find it, email me newsif at yahoo.com. Go to the Christian Post. You'll find the, the news article right now about this story. And it's the sermon is right there. Just go to the Christianpost.com. You don't even need to email me. And you can go listen to the last 21 minutes on your own. But I'm done. I wanna just there's nothing more to say here. There's nothing more. This um I think as uh 
someone said, you know, early on in part one, they were able to to to, to see it. I wasn't at the time. Maybe I was trying to be too nice, but I didn't see it. This is really, I mean, nothing's changed. It's, it's nothing, nothing changed. I mean, th- this is just a new way of presenting the same concept, and it's based off not even the Bible, an extra biblical revelation, an extra non-biblical revelation. And uh, all the only thing he's just done is like, okay, we're not going to use the word tithe. We're not going to use 10%. We're going to talk about you give to demonstrate your dependence on God to take care of you. And the way you're going to demonstrate that is you're going to give beyond your surplus into living to it actually moves and impacts you. And that will prove that that God is that you trust God to take care of you, and then God will take care of you. So if you want God to take care of you and nobody else will, you need to be doing this so that God will take care of you. It's still a, a manipulative. It's still, there's a little bit of guilt still connected to it and a little bit of shame. You're just not using Malachi saying that you're under a curse. That's the, that's the only difference. All right. I'm, I wish I knew what else to say. I wish I had some powerful way to conclude this, I don't, because it's just now I'm just, it's just frustrating. This is what I will say. Whenever you're in church, or whenever you're listening to a podcast or reading a Christian book, if they say, God said to me, God spoke to me, you should be done with that ministry. Because they're destroying, they're denying biblical Christianity. They're denying sola scriptura. They're establishing a different authority that God is speaking directly to them. And I, I, I can't accept that. I can't accept it. Now, you, I mean, that's what I would just tell you to do. You can do whatever you want to do. You will do whatever you want to do. But that, that, that's the end of biblical. I mean, that's that that's the end the end of biblical Christianity. It's not. It's a non-biblical form of Christianity because they are basing things off what God told them directly. That's ex, that's non-biblical. I'm going to call it non-biblical. I'm not going to call it extra-biblical. It's non-biblical revelation. It's them making up stuff. All right. You can email me your disagreement with this newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I, I want. I wanted to celebrate some repentance. I, I was so happy and like, okay, man. I, I I felt bad because he's repented, and I have never really prayed for him. I, I still feel bad. I need to pray for Creflo Dollar. I need, and I want you to pray for him. Pray that he would see the errors in, in his ways and see the greed and the and and all of the just everything wrong with it. And that I pray that he would remove get, be be moved from the charismatic theology and remove it and that he become more Bible-based. And hopefully that every time he opens his Bible and reads it, that somehow God would have mercy and he would be convicted and brought to a correct understanding of scripture. So we do need to pray for him and not just bash him. But in this case, I have to bash the false teaching because this thing is just littered with it. And it's sad and it's not Christianity and people have been hurt by it. People have destroyed their lives about, about, about it and probably end up in major marital disputes and, and who knows what kind of problems have, have – we'll probably never know all of the issues that has arisen from this kind of teaching in the lives of many people who call themselves Christians because they were ripped off. They were fleeced by someone claiming to be a shepherd. All right. Everyone have a great night. God bless.